<laughs> Who wrote? Who is it? You My friend Alex. Well, I wrote the words. And then. Is, it, is it like David Bowie inspired? It was. You know the. <laughs> what you, is the inspiration? You know the cartoon David the Gnome. Mm-mm. It was from the '80s. It had this whack oh, theme right, song, yeah, yeah. and I sent that to him. Uh, and the magical world of gummy bears, I think, was another th- whack theme like song. Like Care Bears theme. Like '80s adventure yeah. children's uh, Teletubbies. I remember that one. Sure, you know. This well, is, what was this the Teletubbies theme? Uh, what, what's that guy? Pinky Winky. Uh, Tinky oh, Winky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good time. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Tender <laughs> Friends, the only podcast about chicken tenders and chicken nuggets. I'm Michael Walker. And I'm Eric Wilson. Welcome to week three, our last week of interviews. Uh, we had Chef Eric Greenspan, Chef Holden Jagger. Now we have uh, somebody we've been hoping to get since the inception of the podcast. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they... Uh, the restaurant that we're at right now is the number one ranked restaurant on our list. That is the true. The best tenders. That is true. Um, they've been that since they announced the tenders almost a year ago to the day. Yeah. Actually, I'd like to look up the day if we can. because I feel like You well, released them Halloween released, last year, mm-hmm. right? But when did we physically yeah. come here? The like, day before. Literally. Oh, was it the day before? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so it's been almost a year, and they've been number one the entire time. Since they've been out, you've been number one on the list. That's and uh, representing Helen Rays is the founder and executive chef. Johnny Rayzone. Thank you. Thank you for Thank coming you so on, much Johnny. for coming. No problem. Thanks for, um, Thanks for you know, uh, keeping us keeping us uh, up there on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, we, hey the, I think the, you guys kept yourself up there. The list is the list. Yeah. You know, we have no control. We just give the points. Yeah. Um, I will say you have 19 points, uh, which is the highest amount. Next is like 17, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're, you're holding really steady. And we don't know when the next time a place is going to get that many points. But that's true. We'll see. We need to be wowed. Um, so we have a lot of questions to ask you as the number one uh, title holder, we'll call you. Um, so let's just get into it. Um, yeah. First, let's talk about how this idea came to be, um, how Hal and Ray's came to be. Maybe talk about some of your experience before that, and yeah. that kind of led you into Hot Chicken and Hal and Ray's. So, I mean, this has been uh, kind of like a, a culmination of uh, career and personal life. So, you know, as a chef, you know, starting out as a young, like, dishwasher cook in a French restaurant uh-huh. um, and aspirations of being a chef and fine dining and stuff like that, I've always had something in the back of my mind in the sense of, you know, I wanted to be known as, like, a fine dining chef that has the kind of chops and skills set, uh-huh. but I wanted to do something approachable and in a unique setting. But gotcha. when did you start to feel that way? Like, when, at what age did you start to think, like, cooking is the career that I want to have? Because, you know, I feel like most people, maybe now that's, like, something that kids grow up wanting to do, but not that many kids grow up wanting to do that. So it really opened up when... Um, I had this burger in New Mexico that was like just everything was local and um, it I, I wanted to have the skill set the, the skills to be able to cook really really well yeah because I felt like that could get me a girl <laughs> and I felt like I could enjoy it too personally and it's also something that I would have for the rest of my life in terms of I could do many different platforms with it whether it's like write a cookbook or cook in a restaurant or whatever um, I saw more value in that than playing collegiate level basketball. Okay. Because I felt like it was my first part of my life was like, okay, college basketball. So 
even still, like I'll, I could go and shoot maybe 97 free throws in a row mm-hmm. and like consistently make, you know, maybe like 17 runs of 17, 17, yeah. 17. And um, I realized when I had that burger, like if I get injured or I break my foot or something serious, my ACL gets torn, it doesn't matter how many free throws you practice. Yeah. So I saw a little bit more of a longevity in cooking. Um, and I also just got really inspired by it. And then what happened was so it started it was around like a, college. Uh, no, pre pre college. So yeah. like in at, right after high school, yeah. and it came out. Uh, th- then it became this uh, ball of fire. Mm-hmm. So then I started reading Bourdain. Sure. And Bourdain just flipped my my switch. Yeah. And uh, when I was reading that, the way he talks about like the Latin guys with, you know, the dishwashers who don't speak any English and they're talking trash to him. He doesn't understand it. Eventually, he understands it, and he ultimately wants their respect to be called a chingon, mm-hmm. which, which is right. like literally badass. That, that really rubbed me, uh, and I was experiencing it firsthand in these French kitchens, where it just in, ignited this flame. It, like, it was already burning, this passion, yeah. mm-hmm. but the reading and, and all the different studying I did personally was like adding lighter fluid to a pre-existing flame. Sure. You know, like, just in, engulfing yeah. it, and it's been nonstop, and that flame's constantly been growing. So Mario's got these tenders. Mario right here. Uh, bringing yeah. in some tenders. Thank you, Mario. We should say I, that. I have a couple things I want to say about what you just said, but we do have these fresh-ass tenders that we're, we just brought out here. We're recording. You know, you brought us graciously down to Howlin' Rays. Thank you, Mario. In, uh, thank you so much, oh, Mario. Appreciate you, guys. We're in a little... Uh, we're in your office little next side door. office. Yeah. So, yeah, this used to be... Yeah, it used to be an office. Now we we uh, tore it down, and we're going to be making this kind of like a spice factory for, you know, uh, blending yeah. and being able to, you know, ship to like Pasadena or other locations mm-hmm. and stuff like that for a very very consistent product. Um, we're going to talk about more about the expansion of Halloween and stuff like that yeah. as we go forward. But let's yeah, eat these tenders while they're hot. Do you fresh. see them? They're li- yeah, see I see them. we see that they're a little, the little more wet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't do it with the sauce, but I just got the sauce just in case. Okay. So, yeah, I would just... Let's do it. Go ahead and rip on. Attack it. I got a uh, roll of towels. Lady in the Tramp. We grabbed the same one. It's so good. Because when you... So when we got here, you put a spice on All our right, hands. <laughs> and you asked us to lick it off and tell you what we thought it was. And we definitely tasted pepper and salt, obviously. Mm-hmm. We were trying to figure out what it, that's the seasoning that's on here, right? Yeah. Uh oh, you don't seem happy. This is our try. This is because uh, I wanted to do a different version of a tender for you guys and present something. So it's interesting. So this, when we obviously did the initial launch, you said that the recipe has been evolving, mm-hmm. which is something we've talked to other chefs about that they evolved the recipes. And um, so, what have you done differently? Since the last one, if so you can talk about it without like giving away secrets. Yeah, so this one in particular, um, so this is the country. So this is no spice whatsoever. Mm-hmm. This is like a blank canvas. You know? Yeah, uh, and this one personally needs just a touch more of that. Uh, I would go and grab it, but I don't want to like interrupt. But it's still really good. If you notice, like I keep going, like salivating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do, do you are you getting that salivation? You know thing, that really good fried chicken and really good food has where yeah. it's like it makes you drool yeah you know mm-hmm. um, no spices bring it out yeah and and for us in our our country one of it is uh introducing black pepper you know like a little bit 
more on the exterior of it, mm -hmm. you know? But in terms of the evolution of this, this is probably like, I don't know, 67 to 69 in terms of like the 70, the versions. Mm -hmm. um, but if you notice how tender it is, if you notice the crust, if like you feel the crust where it's still crispy, but it's like Light. almost juicy. Yeah. Like you see there's like juice coming. You see that right there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's just, I don't know. These are just like so so unbelievably like meaty, yeah. solid tenders. Yeah. They're like there's the, a reason you're number the, one. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. But it's also, oh here. So you both have a small piece. Because to be honest, try that. Um, dip it. I uh, haven't really been listening to what you're saying. I'm just I just want to <laughs> <Yeah. down, laughs> I just want to down this tender. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So oh uh, look, watch this. I know it sucks to not to don't do visual stuff on podcasts. No, you know, it's like, fine. No, the tear you got to. But like but what I'm saying is like the juice of the the crust. Yeah, it's not like this dry crackly. Like you can even tell on the bread. See that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It soaked up the, yeah. the juice. It's it's perfect. It's got like the perfect. It, it doesn't have like the mm. the audio crunch, mm -hmm. as much as like a like a very crunchy tender would, but mm -hmm. it has like the perfect give to it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think that because some places are are breading forward, this is more about the chicken and the spice. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to balance bowl. I'm yeah. trying like how do I how do I make the chicken you know super juicy, super tender, clean? Like, do you notice how clean your mouth feels right now? Like mm -hmm. you don't feel yeah. like you ate like a dirty yep. chicken or no, something. No, seriously, this so, is like the best. This is the most uh, comfortable I've felt after eating a chicken tender it's in so my life. Good. And you want to go back. Yeah, you want, go, you want to naturally go back and come back, sauce for it. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. This is so good. This Did you so guys good. try the new Fuku? Because that made me think we about kickback no. sauce. No, we just uh, we saw they open. We're gonna go out there. Santa Monica is hard to get to for us. Yeah. So. Oh man, you telling me? I was gonna do. Yeah, that drive. Go. If you want to do another episode, you can, we can go to Fuku together. Yeah, we'll <laughs> go there with you. Yeah. Um, oh, you're like, no one's enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So let's go back to what you were saying. That's good, though. Two things. Um, so good. Two <laughs> things you mentioned that I noticed in like other interviews and just about your history. You seem very competitive, and you want to be the best in fried in natural hot chicken. And then um, it seems like you wanted to do this. Like this was always the end goal is like to have a place like like Helen Ray's. But you wanted to make sure that you had the credibility in the resume before that. Is that kind of what the plan was? Yeah. Well, I'm curious. Which which one? Where's the competitive uh, come from? Just wanting to be the best and making sure that the quality is. Oh, is so like for, yeah, yeah, 100. Yeah. percent So uh, naturally, I'm a very inspired person, and and I've always uh, my aspirations have always like continually developed into like like once you get to a certain point, then it's like okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? Yeah. I, was, I was just telling one of the chefs in there like. Like, all right, here, now it's time to kind of, like, focus on, you know, making you guys business owners, you know, like helping right, yeah. them, mm. them build their stuff because yeah. they're getting, they're just getting everything so kind of, like, locked in and dialed in, you right. know. And, and so I have to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to my staff and, and the next, you know, steps and directions because yeah. I have a bunch of employees that are looking to me and the business for aspirations and motivations to continually grow and learn and, and be driven. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, totally. So naturally, you know, 
inspired is has, has always been something that I've always had. Um, and you seem very forward thinking. Like you're not overexerting yourself. You're not spreading yourself too thin because that's when quality laps. Hundred yeah. percent. I mean, quality has always been a very important. Um, thing for me to be able to sleep at night for example like just looking at the tender in front of us and and seeing the you see the dredge on it Mm -hmm. you see the how the black peppers like spread evenly and that makes me feel good you know the first one i had today you know when i was kind of doing it start to finish myself um it gave me goosebumps you know and that gave me so much joy yeah i think it, it boils down to what makes you happy and for me yeah if you throw it back to video games, me and my brother, when we were kids, we would play a video game. We would play Warcraft 3 mm-hmm. and uh, Diablo 2 and uh, some of these other Blizzard games. And he always enjoyed, like, walking the forests and looking at the trees and then, like, you know, making his character look goofy. Yeah. And yeah. then, you and know, like, joke. let's complete the mission. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, I'm over there, like, okay, mining. I want to get the best yeah. item. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to trade this item and this item for one better item. Yeah. And then I'm going to get that item and then trade that item for oh. an even better item. I learned crafting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm still collecting bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I always got joy from the game out of that, like you said, competitiveness yeah. of getting to the next level, leveling up, being very good at something, you know? Yeah. And so it boils down to what gives you joy. And for me, that education and, and that progress, constantly having progress yeah. gives me joy. It's, it's seeing, something yeah, that makes me happy. Seeing yeah. where you come from. And, yeah. Exactly. Not money. Money, I, I've had a taste of it. I've had jobs where I've gotten paid like 120, 130,000 a year or mm. private chef gigs, yeah, you know? Yeah, like I could have taken several private chef gigs that yeah. would, are triple figure is it called is six six figure six seven figures. six figure incomes you mm-hmm. know yeah and uh, I, there's a reason why I'm here in Chinatown on the tender podcast yeah <laughs> right, there's no yeah, passion yeah. in that stuff <laughs> you, you know what I mean yeah. like like I'm sitting here in like this concrete floor with drywall <laughs> and bolts in the wall this yeah, is like, the dream exactly <laughs> but it's, it's my dad taught me you know do what you love that's yeah. what that's what gives you joy yeah it's not it's not about money. It's not about fame. It's not about, you know, uh, acclaim or power or whatever. All that stuff will follow you if you're doing what you love and what yeah. you enjoy to do. All that stuff will be taken care of, I hopefully. F- I firmly believe that's the only way to live life is just to do what you love. If yeah. you're not, then that's, that's a pretty miserable life. No offense to most of the population that lives life that way. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, even when I was making I – was, I was drinking more heavily – when I was making more money. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of like, and I was wasting more money when I was making more money. Sure, right. Because you have it and you, you know you, what I mean? Just, yeah. It's that mindset. Like I had more of a disposable income then than I do now. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like more cash that you could just spend on whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you're also, you're such a great businessman that most of your money just goes right back into the business. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah. I mean, so so we will be able to open another restaurant without having to sell out our brand or sell out our company to people that have no idea yeah. about hot chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so when, at what point did you, when you say that you're right now, it's like you just want to be able to do what you love. Is that running a restaurant or is it fried chicken or is it both? I think it's it's everything. I think when uh my father passed away you know it kind of pushed me to the edge where it's like i was i was doing what i loved which is cooking and, yeah. and being a chef yeah but then it pushed me to the level of okay let's do what you love but let's do it for yourself like you're making these other people so much money let's try and like 
yeah. do something yourself. And also the way maybe they're running the restaurants I wasn't cool with or the way they would drive like these expensive cars really expensive cars and pull up to like a crappy restaurant and that's yeah. their restaurant yeah you know like a maserati or whatever right in front and it's like bro take care of your restaurant fix the dishwasher first yeah, yeah so yeah, your yeah. employees <laughs> who are grinding 10 hours a day have a, a a really good shift yeah you know like i recently increased our hand sink uh from this small little 12 by 13 hand sink to like this big tub uh sink so they they can wash their forearms right and get all the way all the dredge yeah, yeah. exactly and then you had these guys pulling up in Maseratis in front of their car, and like the sinks are like all the crap. Roof fell off. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's a big one for me, a big pet peeve. For sure. Cool. So let's get back a little bit more to the history. So right before college, you decided you wanted to get into food and become a chef. What was the what was the journey between that and before you started the idea of Helen Ray's? So I went. I was a dishwasher mm-hmm. at a French restaurant, uh, and then I got promoted to garbanger, chef and oysters, making salads, and then. Basically, started working the hotline. We was very fortunate. I was reading a CIA textbook at the time, you know, <laughs> just copying the copying the one I got from Amazon for like twenty two bucks. Yeah, used copy. Um, that was my culinary school, you know, okay. l- without the debt. And um, then I I stole the recipes. Not stole. I used the recipes from this Figaro Bistro, like rack of lamb with thyme scented lamb jus, mm-hmm. Dijon mustard crust, and herbs de Provence. Um, and then like a, like a red wine, you know, reduction and all this stuff. So I used those to do private chefing to get a little money. Oh, ah, yeah. So I was just basically cooking Side those hustle. recipes. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, I, uh, I, I, I bounced around a little bit. I went to work for Hans Rock and Wagner and, uh, Venice and help him open three square cafe and, and bakery. Uh, made a lot of spatzel and goulash, which nice. <laughs> that if you've never had spatzel and goulash on the same plate, it's bomb. It's like these dumpling. It's like German versions of gnocchi. It's, it's like pretty it's hard to make, isn't it? No, it's, no. Honestly, you just now with YouTube, you can learn so you can learn how to frame a house. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely. I'm making true. focaccia one weekend soon. <laughs> exactly. Oh, You've go. been saying that for months. I'm speaking I need, Italian. Next I need time. a. I need <laughs> a bacon <true>. stone. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. So I went Rock and Wagner, and then I went to, and then I wanted to start working for like a more acclaimed chef because I felt like I had my chops. And then I got a position opening up Gordon Ramsay at the London. Uh, this was probably like 19 something, you know, in the 19s, yeah. uh, maybe 2000s. Uh, oh, yeah, 2000s, definitely, because 19s, I was 10. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, worked for Gordon Ramsay for about three years. Uh, simultaneously during the last year I was butchering fish for Nobu Matsuhisa so I was working two jobs at that time and that was a was a really critical overload point in my life because I was working 14 hour 15 16 hour days and I would go home and lay in my bed in my like fishy outfit and then just Hmm. go to sleep and then wake up and then have to go go right immediately back to the the next job you know like so it'd be an a.m. and a p.m. yeah Um, and I had a stick figure on my arm since then it's been covered over with other tattoos just because of real estate but it, <laughs> the stick figure was holding a, a bar and it was about balance yeah that point in my life my life was so out of balance so out of whack where I was just working for like 10, 10 to 50 a job it didn't matter but well it wasn't it mattered a lot because it was my that was my like education that was my culinary yeah. school okay. you know like that's how I learned how to operate a, a kitchen and and execute and so many different things it's invaluable in the fish kitchen cutting the fish and stuff no entree well butchering fish there's a lot to learn 
about uh, protein, body structures, bones, okay. and delicacy too. Because if you, if your hand is ninety something degrees and you're touching this cold fish and you're overworking it, mm. it's gonna get hot and you're gonna cook the fish. There's so many small little details about anything that are relevant to cooking or whatever. Like you can you can draw inspiration yeah. from so many different things. So fish butchery, and I, honestly too, like. I was just talking, I was going to make for my wife a mazu ponzu. I don't know if you've been to Nobu LA and had the king crab tempura with a mazu ponzu, micro cilantro, and thinly sliced uh, red All onions. Yeah, we go. We actually just came from there. Yeah. Bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Bomb. I, I mean, and then also learning about, you know, uh, kombu and bonito flakes and all these yeah. different ingredients. It was such a unique learning opportunity for me because I was doing mostly French stuff. Right, yeah. 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 yeah, I can imagine French and Japanese. That's pretty crazy that you learn French cooking without going to culinary school. You just l- picked up everything by doing the jobs. I mean, I that guess that's not copying that crazy. The book, it's in copying you know, the like, book. Wow. I mean, uh, like, like copying the book, your mother's sauces, blah, blah, blah. But then yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And then I would, I would have the opportunity to execute it. Yeah, the experience. But, but the crazy thing, this is why culinary school is BS and you don't need it. Ramsey will make it away. And Keller will make it away. That's true. Yeah. And then Robuchon makes it away. Yeah. And then another guy makes it away. So great job. You learned how to make it the Culinary Institute of America way, but none of these chefs are making it that yeah. way. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, that's why, yeah, maybe you understand the base, the, like how, how what, what, like what technique. are the... technique. Well, not yeah. even technique. Like, ba- yeah. Yeah. The, uh, but the problem is, is they come out with forty to $60,000 in debt and then... How do you get that? You have to be a sous chef. So yeah. then they think they're qualified <laughs> yeah. to be a sous chef, and these sous chefs are running circles around them. Yeah. You know, like I remember a moment where I was cooking next to a culinary student. It was it was their first job, and then I was cooking next to this Oaxacan guy who'd been there for about two years or something, and we were making crepes, like thin thin crepes, uh, with a crepe batter in a, in a crepe pan, mm-hmm. and. The Oaxacan dude, he had five crepe pans going at the same time on five burners, and then the culinary student had one crepe pan right there and he's making it and he was getting frustrated he kept you know burning it or, or it was sticking on him yeah well how can do to the next he's got he's piling them up you know <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. like he's got almost 20 already this one zero and then the dude starts crying like he broke down and started crying well that's what they teach you in culinary school but here's the difference that that really my takeaway from this this instant in in my career was the Oaxacan dude had no ego about it. He was not. He was. He was chill. He wasn't even rubbing it in their face. Yeah. He was just doing it, making it, and then he was on to the next because he just wanted to get through his day. Right. The culinary student, the recently graduated culinary student, was getting frustrated, angry, and emotional. And the culinary student was getting paid more than the Oaxacan guy because of the degree and because of you know okay whatever. But for me, personally, I'd rather have three dudes like that yeah. than someone with an ego, a mouth. And someone bringing emotion yeah. to the workplace. Yeah. So that's part of our hiring here. Mm-hmm. In, sure. In yeah. one little anecdote. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, I want yeah. good people who want to work. It doesn't matter how much they know. Mm-hmm. And I want to give people something that they can learn and, and, and be excited to go home and share with their family and, you know, things like that. So yeah. that little story is a big embodiment of how I hire. Yeah. Cool. The, so the, the story about y- your balance in life and that, that was kind of what started the mindset of opening up Helen Ray's? Looking yeah, because balance. it was such a crummy lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, like, like the fish scales, it was disgusting, yeah. you know, like uh, it, was, it was just 
I couldn't uh, function that well as a human being, you know? Yeah. And because of that lifestyle, I realized, like, look, let's let's try and uh, let's inspire people. I mean, there was one moment where, okay, one of Ramsey's executive chefs threw a pastry bag full of hummus at me across the room. He projectiled it 15 feet or so. It landed on the wall and splattered all over my chef whites. And I remember that moment to this day. And I remember thinking to myself, when I'm an executive chef, I'm never going to make someone feel that shitty. Yeah. And even though it was a negative experience and something that like is technically abuse and yeah. could, if you did it now, bro, lawsuit immediately. Right. Yeah. It's a lot softer now. So yeah. like, like the kitchens and restaurants, it's, it's so much softer than, than what it was. Yeah. And you hear a lot of old guys always saying that, you know, like back in my day, you know, smoking the cigarettes in the kitchen. But yeah, yeah it's it, it's true. I mean, it was hard, and then they would break people. They would break people it's mentally. Such a high pressure environment, though. Any kitchen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But nowadays, because of everything that's happening, it's better technically because people are treated more like human beings. Right. Yeah. For sure, and it's a better work environment and all that. But maybe it it, it took my generation to go through that to understand and create this type of work yeah. stuff. But it doesn't mean, like, it was interesting. A guest, another chef came in, and um, she was like, she said to me, man, I don't see you as the type of chef that would ever yell at, you know, like, the the staff or whatever. Yeah. And then I, I looked at Juliet and, and, and Mario, and they, they kind of overheard that. And you could tell, like, like that person didn't know what the, what goes on behind these doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what I do in my approach is, like, there's a few people that I'm, like really aggressive with mm -hmm. and those are the people that i trust the most yeah mm -hmm. but also that i want to groom and grow the most i'm growing everybody but there's only a certain amount of attention i can give to certain like like yeah. uh, the, in a day you know so the people that like i'm having these late conversations with are my cdc chef de cuisine or or my gm or my executive sous chef yeah or you know if if other guys are having issues people you have the most trust in yeah, yeah. And, and who i can also go the hardest on and they understand it where they'll know if i'm like really yeah like on one and and sometimes i do come in here and i'm on one because it's such a hard thing to replicate this this restaurant in terms of the energy the ambiance the quality of food you know like there's it, there's it's such an alchemy yeah yeah you know this mm -hmm. this restaurant and when one or two things is off then you know i i'm like why don't you guys call me and have me come and work the line right, to show yeah. you how to do it so that it doesn't have to be like that because we're still getting so many first timers yeah and those first timers maybe are hearing about us and they're like it's hyped up or whatever. So we want to like deliver yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, like we want to be on point. Right. And if it's not on point, then we're not doing our job. How often are you here? Lately with Pasadena and a few other pop-up concepts. I mean, it'll be like two to three days popping in, popping out. I, I, I have a, a th agreement with myself where I work uh, shifts, you know, like full shift, not full shifts, but like six to eight hour shifts. Yeah. But what it's about now is really about like like your Julians, you know, your Marios and developing yeah, them because the, yeah. how am I going to, everybody wants us to open up more stores. Right. How, how am I going to do that and feel good about the Leaving operation? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Without me not stepping out. So I right. kind of had to force myself. It was very hard, you know, the first month where I was like, okay, I'm not on the line every single day. Because for the first two years, I served every single person, you know, but I didn't want to make it so much of a business that's relying on that dude so then if yeah. they don't see that dude then the chicken tastes different no right totally. it's not that 
how can I make it where that dude's not standing right there and the chicken is even better? Right, exactly. How can I do that? Because you're working on so many different aspects of the business in terms of, you know, back here, maintaining, like, like there's so many different things. Yeah, and, yeah. And so that, that was kind of my approach on it um, because I wanted to give these guys raises. You know, yeah. like, how cool would it be? You have somebody, f- you know, that maybe went to culinary school or not or whatever, and they're making 100000 a year. Right, yeah. And you're, you're providing that job you to somebody. You made that happen, yeah. Yes. And, and in order for that to happen, it needs to be justified where I can create other um, streams of revenue mm-hmm. for the business, mm-hmm. with, whether it's with you know, pre-orders or, or doing so many different opportunities via different social media platforms yeah. and, or, or doing a, you know, different pop-ups. Like we, this, this uh, October, November, and December is the most uh, – those calls, they're aggressive. They're literally calling you. They would like, like Mister. Mister. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're gonna be doing. So we're gonna be actually. We're opening up. I'm gonna be cooking at somebody's house. Okay. You know, for like a party. We're gonna be cooking in New York. Is it Chrissy Teigen? Uh, we don't say names. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we we're gonna be cooking offsite at several events. Um, we're gonna be cooking in New York. Sure. And then I want to do another pop-up in Nashville at the beginning of the year uh, or, or the first quarter of 2000. Uh, before at least Pasadena happens, I want to do another pop-up yeah. out of state out there. You mean events here like like something like Family Style Food Fest, things yeah. like that? I like mean, that was crazy. Think about this. We served 1,200 people here and 1,450 over there. So we eat in the same in day? One day. Yeah. Wow. In one day, we served 2,750 people. Jesus. One day on a Sunday. Wow. With a crew That's of crazy. 26. Seven or something like that. I mean, I saw that. I, I was not a VIP. I saw the VIP area. It was popping. Did you off, get a like, sandwich? No, you didn't. I was going to. People, people were doing, like they were saying they were the VIP because because yeah. we wanted to keep the line moving, so we just kept yeah. going. Here you go. Here you go. Here right. you go. And then people were like, "I'm VIP." Oh, they switched the bands to this color, and then yeah, I, and, and I was, uh, we don't want to argue. So I had the hook. Yeah. I had a couple people that were VIP that were like, "I can get you a sandwich," and I was like, oh, "No, okay. it's you fine. Get, yeah. I didn't get VIP. Yeah. Just let the VIPs have the sandwich." Uh, well, are you going to be at the Chicken Tender Fest? Is that, is that? Oh, the the one with the guy. Yeah, we the heard off, him. Yeah. off the menu guy. Off yeah. the menu guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think he asked me to be a judge on it. I I think I have the. I'm confirming. I'm going to be back from New York. So I think I'm a. I think I, I think we're going to be there too. Yeah, I think we're going to be there too. Are you judging? We're not sure. We've. I talked to uh, Lawrence. I talked to him. We're going to be involved. We don't know exactly. You guys should how. probably be judges. That would be cool. I mean, I'm your podcast is. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Me, us three as judges? Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, you have a, a tender, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, podcast. Tender fest. Yeah, we're the connoisseurs. How many, how many episodes? <laughs> this 109. Is this is 109. 109. Shout out to yeah. Tender Podcast. Available on all platforms, like like yeah. iTunes and all that stuff? Everything, yeah. I'm curious. What is it? iTunes or is it... What, what is the most traffic for podcasts? Apple Podcasts. Really? Yeah. Spotify is growing. Spotify is getting up there. Yeah, Spotify, they've been Spotify marketing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then like Stitcher is like trying to do their offshoot of like original like Stitcher is trying to become Netflix of podcasts. Mm. Um, so it's like so not they're, they're other people. Kind of big too. Yeah. They like it's like Earwolf and all the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twitch is. Bang. What about Twitch? Do you ever do Twitch? Our friend does Twitch. Yeah. We, we, we do his show every now and then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't have a Twitch. 
No. Do you guys do anything like that? Or no, do you do anything I, like someone, that? Someone sent me a link to a Warcraft 3 Twitch. Nice. <laughs> yeah, some, some streaming. You should do some streaming. <laughs> a, like a Warcraft one? <laughs> yeah, dude, people watch that. People love that stuff. Really? Yeah. Hey, I Johnny's on from Helen Rays. We're going to be playing <laughs> Warcraft 3 today. Today, we're going to be using Night Elf. This, this, is, this is your pilot. My, this is your pilot. My first hero will be the Demon Hunter. I'm going to go with Mana Burn as my first skill. Like, You'd be so surprised at how many subscribers you would I get. I can't watch that shit. I get too <laughs> motion sickness too bad. Oh, really? <laughs> you know video games? Yeah. Yeah, I can't even. Fun. I can't even be in the room if someone's playing a video. You game. know what it's it is? So dramatic. My wife, when on the TV settings, I don't know if you. Do you know, like, when you watch it, it looks almost too real. Oh, progressive mm. scan or whatever. What is that? And yeah. then, and then, like, the older TVs actually look better. Mm-hmm. Like, we actually dumb down our TV. Yeah. Because I feel like it's like it looks like a soap opera. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. looks like a soap opera. You have a 4K TV. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it too. It's the 4K. We put on a Blu-ray of Gatsby, the mm-hmm. Leo, Leo movie. It fucking looks like you can see where the prop ends and where like yeah. a vinyl begins. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah. nuts how detailed. So do it is. you do you actually watch it or do you dumb it down like I did? Like uh, on, movies, on I can, like I watch the movies, but you I can't watch look it like at, that. I can't look at video games. Yeah, I dumb mm-hmm. everything down. Yeah, but I, it's it's definitely jarring. Yeah, it's like weird. But yeah. it's like well, I don't know. I guess it's a setting. She, so my wife makes me change it, and you know. You like it? I don't no, like it. I I think there's a. Dis- okay, so let's take Godfather for example. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. thing. You're watching older movies that aren't made for 4K. Exactly. So yeah. you can see like their makeup and like, yeah. they're all that like that that crazy off-putting shit that distracts didn't, you almost. Didn't the Joker like they did a a, re- a release where you could do it on you could watch it on a uh, film? Oh really? Didn't yeah. it, or something like that at the ArcLight or something like that? I don't oh know. yeah, Maybe. they do yeah. like, like uh, Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino does, does that. Yeah. yeah, I saw his. Uh, I saw Once Upon a Time in seventy millimeter. Yeah, he only screens stuff at his own theater in seventy millimeter. What about the? Did you see the widescreen one of uh, that one where they're in the snow with Sam Jackson? Hateful Eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. that. Yeah, they do that in film too. The, the the wide angle and this is what my dad did to me as a kid is there's an Italian movie called The Bicycle Thief and he would make me read about the movie. Me and Coop. You know, the guy that mm-hmm. was in here? Yeah. He would make us read books and literature about the movie, and then we would watch the movie. So, like, for example, there's a French film, Les Enfants du Paradis, The Children of Paradise. And we would read the summaries and synopsises of what the director was going for or what symbolism or whatever is going to pop so up. pre-analyze and then, yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Or, like, uh, Road to Perdition with mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Every time water is shown in that, it's a foreshadowment of death. Mm. So if it's raining, someone's going to die. Sure. You know, like little things like that. So you would read that before you watch the movie. Yeah, little, little I guess, like Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Stuff I to guess, watch for. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, I don't know if you've seen the Breaking Bad thing. Uh-huh. The, the movie, the one that El just Camino? came out? Yeah. yeah, I just watched it. What did you think? I liked it. Yeah. Um, I don't, ugh, I can't have this on record because my one of my really good friends worked on it, but I just don't know why they made it. Like obviously money. See, but okay. like I get you. Okay. Okay. I'll He's argue that. He's not even the same character at that point. So he we're not even no. watching. I would say closure. Sure. No. 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 I understand. Yeah, I get that. I think Could he gave closure for his character, for but too. I was not a fan of his character to begin with. He was mm-hmm. the only character in the series that I didn't care for. So it's a personal thing. Okay. When well, I after well, I watched it, I was like, cool. You know. Yeah. But it was great. I really liked it. Did you after you watch it? Did you Google search Easter eggs? No, but I will when I get. I'll okay. do that when I get home. Did, did you? Because there's a Have lot. Have you seen it? No, I don't I, care about Breaking Bad. Okay, you okay. can you can, <laughs> you can go on. talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, go on. Yeah. No, uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm sidetracking from. from no, the no, home. you're fine. <laughs> I, I like. Yeah. I watch like uh, Watch Mojo. I don't know if you ever saw them on YouTube, but they mm-hmm. do like they break down Easter eggs. There's ten Easter eggs you missed yeah. and whatever. Oh, okay. So I'll watch it. I definitely watch those videos for stuff that I like. Yeah. But Breaking Bad, nah. So you're big. You're big on you, YouTube. Is your platform? 
um, to watch those kind of videos. I, I like TV, so I watch TV on all different platforms. I've been really getting into uh, YouTube instructional videos because I feel like when I'm watching like entertainment, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm wasting my time. Yeah. And even if it's like... So you're trying to always learn from the content you're... Yeah. So like I, I've been watching this guy um, who does framing and like how he frames a whole wall, you know, on the floor, 16 inches on center with his top plate and bottom plate and all that stuff and, and, and the tools they're using and stuff like that. Um, it's really cool to to do that because then it's like you you never know where you're gonna learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and that's what I try and train the staff. And you know, like the, here's Bromeo. He wants to be an electrician right here. Hey, this, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So uh, when when I was doing an outlet repair over here, uh, I it was like, okay, Romeo, stop what you're doing, and just watch. And then uh, I uh, told the electrician guy. Can you explain every step of the way yeah, to yeah. him, you know, yeah. that you're doing it? That's and awesome. it's okay. I know I'm paying you. Uh, just learn. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. And it's like giving inspiration to people, you yeah. know, and to it's chase like, their passions. Yeah. yeah. And it's you like think that comes from your dad having you read those things before watching movies. Like he's instilled that, you know, idea in you of like wanting being curious, yeah. always wanting to learn, always mm-hmm. trying to find something new. Student something. student mentality forever, yeah. you know? Yeah. You need to check out, um, there's a YouTube channel called Every Frame's a Painting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it does exactly that. It's like the raindrops foreshadow, like the, it's, it's like talks about the framing and how there's like a whole 20 minute one on David Fincher and how he uses his camera angles to, you know, get across whatever. Well, what's it called? Trying. Every Frame's a Painting. Every Frame's a Painting. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay, let's get back to the chicken. <laughs> <we're here> <laughs> um, but uh, so you, you, the idea for Howl and Raise, when did it come and how did you start executing that? We have, did we, we didn't get I got really you, right. 100%. Yeah. So being a Los Angeles native, you know, um, and then going out to Nashville and experiencing the culture and the people, meeting the people. And, did and you wh- visit or were you working out there? I uh, scheduled a stage with um, Chef Sean Brock's team at um, Husk. And what a stage is, is you basically... It's like you can't do it anymore because now there's lawsuits mm-hmm. for free labor. Yeah. But you basically go out and you, which if there's any chefs listening, you know, be careful of doing stages now because technically it's illegal. Mm. So, yeah. you know, if you were in kitchens where you would normally set up a stage, all the jobs that I've ever worked in my life, you stage first. It's well, like how do you get a job now? You interview. You sit down and talk. And okay. then that's it. But how it used to work was you stage. You go in, you work for free, and they see if they like you. Yeah. For how long? Uh, how bad do you want the job? Mm. Gotcha. So I didn't necessarily want to work there, but I staged for seven days straight, 18 hours a day. Mm. Why? Or 16 to 18. Like what, what were because you Because I, I didn't want to, I wanted to learn about antebellum Southern food and I wanted to experience something that I've never experienced before um, in terms of like diving into a culture mm-hmm. of food, you know, and, and trying to just get absorbed and wrapped in it, you know, and be in someone else's kitchen. Because at that time, I was already four years as an uh, executive chef. Right. And well, I was already, like, 12 years in the industry. Was that a culture that you uh, had any ties to or it, were No, of? it spoke to me because of his first book. Okay. And the history, the love, like, to speak on how much it spoke to me back then, just... Yesterday, I was watering. I have a little garden of 1890s iron and clay cowpeas that African slaves brought over in the 1890s mm-hmm. and planted in Virginia's, hmm. you know. And I just bought some from Virginia and planted those. 
and it's been about a month and a half and they're sprouting and now I'm giving them the stems and they're standing up. So I'm growing these ingredients that are from antebellum southern cooking yeah mm. still to this day like i'm still interested in it yeah. and like i'll text sean like a photo of it you know and like his response is like man those peas are so resilient you know like right. the, like these peas are very strong so i was really into that that culture and that food and i wanted to learn about it one of the things that inspired me the most about it was like how do you take a humble ingredient mm-hmm. like a cow pea or a pea and transform it into something as luxurious as a truffle or caviar or wagyu steak. Right. And one of the recipes that really stood out to me was, it's a recipe called leather breeches, which breeches are a term for pants. Mm-hmm. So leather being that it's like all scrungled up, mm-hmm. you know, like it's all like crunched together or whatever. And they take the cowpea and they age it over uh, a fire that's constantly burning that is cooking meat for like the plantation owners. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So they're the ones cooking it. And, all that meat aroma is going into this cowpea. All the smoke is going into this cowpea. And they'll dry it for three months. And it'll dry out and shrivel up so it looks like leather. And then they'll reconstitute it and make a stew out of that. And that stew is probably like 20, 30 times better than that piece of meat. Right. And it's a humble ingredient that the cows are also eating. And Mm. that's where the name kind of cowpea came from. Yeah. And so when I heard this story and I read about the history on that, it blew my mind because I was like, you have an idea of what Southern food is. Mm -hmm. But when you read stories like that and you you deep dive the history, that's why I feel like Sean Brock is like a national treasure because he can go into micro regions of Southern food. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, you want to talk about Virginia's? You want to talk about the Carolinas? You want to talk with Nashville? Yeah. You want like Charleston specifically? What do you want to like? He, he's it's insane, you yeah. know. And um, so his level of passion for for southern food was contagious mm. all the way out here in in sunny California to this little guy me, and I wanted to learn about it. Sure. Yeah. Then I had hot chicken, and it sidetracked the crap out of my life, and then, <laughs> you know, like because I was out there, so I had it, and I was. So it was really just having that authentic hot chicken experience. It was like this is the shit I want to do. Yeah, and, and a song came on that my dad used to play uh, that we would learn on, on guitar a lot, you know, a, a lot of, like, Helen Wolf and, and things like that, you know, like, we would do these jam sessions, just E, A, B7, and uh, on repeat, one, mm-hmm. four, five, you know, and we just do bars and bars and bars and play the same thing over and over in different formats, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's palm muting or whatever. And um, this song came on, I was having the chicken, and I'd never, to be honest, really, the mind-blowingness was it was in a quarter piece, and why sometimes I get frustrated when I see quote unquote hot chicken restaurants with no quarter pieces oh, right. in Nashville, you know, every place has a quarter piece. That's like your, your bread and butter, Yeah. you know? And if you can't cook a good quarter piece, then, uh, you're not a good Nashville hot chicken place. So it's yeah. crazy that there's places that are only one item. Yeah. You know? Um, anyway, the quarter piece that I had was so juicy and the crust was so crispy and the meat felt like it was like bathed and you know it, w- it was just so tender and soft and i never had anything like that and then you top all that with the spice blend mm-hmm. so not only is it a piece of chicken that i've never had fried a certain way which is a quarter piece yeah even to this day we get people who are like oh i wanted it a two piece and it's actually the it is it's two pieces yeah. it's a breast and a wing it's still attached though yeah. right and it's got the backbone still on it and a lot of the flavor of chicken is in the backbone especially when you buy a high quality product 
like when you buy really really nice chicken mm -hmm. and you serve it with the backbone on that's that's one part of our success here yeah is because because the product is so good and then it has so much more deeper of a flavor that if you buy a cheap chicken the backbone or the blood lines or all that stuff tastes so bad yeah because of the food they're being fed yeah and because of the stuff they're standing in for 52 weeks of their life right yeah. and our chicken luckily doesn't have to stand in that feces and all that stuff mm -hmm. it's standing in sawdust and all that stuff is just sinking down mm -hmm. yeah. so when you walk in you know to the chicken farm and you smell it it smells like wood yeah. you know and that's another thing too with with businesses is, is understand where your stuff's coming from yeah. yeah don't just get the cheapest commodity stuff because you're trying to make a buck because yeah. like for me when i go to other places or whatever and i try it i'm like okay you know there's a reason why that tender is the two pound tender yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, all yeah. Extra cartilage and, yeah. and all this bullshit. Yeah, yeah. This is actually I I worked at a wing place in high school. This scar on my thumb mm -hmm. is from cutting. We used to cut the quarter pieces so we'd break the wing. Oh, you would the, break it down. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why I got this baby scar from. That's cool. Nowadays um. it's it's called box in, box out. So a lot of places like like for us we don't we don't do this. We like to do it the hard way because we were in control. But mm -hmm. box in, box out, meaning that places will order their chicken. Yeah. And it comes in a box, and then they'll cook from that box. Yeah. There, there will be no cooking. Yeah. Whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It's literally anybody can do it. Yeah. You know, and that's what a lot of places. And that's are doing. some of the places we we're talking about off air. That's mm -hmm. I feel like some of them do it as well. Yeah. Um, Which there's nothing wrong with, but it's like, it's easier on their staff. It, you just take a little bit of uh, the mystique and and yeah the magic of cooking. You know. But it does increase the quality mm -hmm. for sure. And yet it keeps you in control versus being um, succumbed to the whims of another company like yeah. that's a big thing for us and why we haven't like seeked you know private investment and stuff like that it's because we want to be in control we want to be able to put up nipsey hustle photos in our mm -hmm. thing with no right. questions asked yeah. yeah i don't care if you don't know who it is or whatever but there's a reason why that guy's up there right and how close it speaks to home about like hustling and motivating people and 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 such similar philosophies and also nipsey to me was like like it's so LA. was he regular here was he did he come here well i mean we've we've done like catering okay but not in terms of coming to the store gotcha. but it's more about the philosophies yeah and and, and a lot of a lot of that crowd and and, and his people would are regulars yeah. and um but to me he he just is so iconic for la yeah like in la if, if you speak to me about and LA, that mindset and yeah it's, it's very much the same here yeah, yeah. so that's why uh was, uh, it's interesting to hear the drop of something <laughs> on here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so you come back to L.A. and you have this idea to start this, and, and the truck was the first yeah, move so, into that? Well, at the time, nobody was – no one knew what hot chicken was. Yeah, let's talk about because you really are, like, one of the originators of it being here, and especially, I mean, not only just the originator, but, like, the biggest in, this, in the city. So the, the only thing I can think of is like an episode with Sean Brock on uh, the PBS show Mind of a Chef, mm -hmm. you know, and there's a famous line that putting his toilet paper in the freezer the night before, you know, so that <laughs> he has it ready yeah. after he eats <laughs> the chicken. Uh -huh. But um, <laughs> it's uh, at the time uh, there was zero uh, Nashville hot chicken or hot chicken restaurants in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like literally zero. Is that a fact? It was exactly zero? No, it's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Zero. Like nothing. And then, um, so I saw it as an open market yeah. in the sense of like, I could be the first to bring something to Los Angeles. And I was like, you know, that's a crazy notch to put on the belt. Yeah. If you can introduce something to LA that has, the city that has everything, Yeah. you know, and so many different cultures and so many, so much of a melting pot, which is why I love it, you know, yeah. um, 
that's something that I would I'd feel really proud to be able to say uh, me and my wife, you know, did. And, yeah. and that's what we've done. And that, since then, it's kind of like just really exploded. Um, but, um, yeah, so we started as a truck because that's all I could afford. I maxed out um, credit cards for the lease. So the normally you have to, like, write a check or, or whatever. I was able to use credit card payments um, on uh, getting a lease. and then For this location? For the no, truck. no, no, no. Oh, for, for the, the truck. truck. Yeah, so I maxed out every single asset that i had uh, i sold everything and started a truck and i had one employee and na- no one we opened up and it's like there's you know a small little article natural hot chickens popping up first day we serve you know i can i can tell you the name of the first cousin mark wheezy and we just <laughs> he's in the hall of fame the hot chicken hall of fame or the, <laughs> that's you know. awesome how do we get in that uh, well you gotta like these guys we tried howling Okay, that's that's yeah. true. We, no, we tried Holland Plus One. Yeah, no, oh, did we? Anyone? Yeah, well, yeah. Whatever it was, me and so my these, stomach hurt for nine hours. So. These, <laughs> these guys have been such faithful regulars and such, uh, so supportive of the staff and and what we're doing and through through all the time and and, and this we're talking years, you know, yeah. like like these these customers that yeah. have been so supportive over the years. We just wanted to give back a little bit. Like like one of the guys on the Hall of Fame, Bad Luck, like so many customers come in and we'll say, oh, first time here. And they're like, yeah. And we're like, how did you hear about us? And they're like, oh, Luck sent me. And, I was like, and it's like, it's just crazy how much support we get from the city. Yeah. yeah. Amongst so many different cultures. And but so that's a reflection people. of you guys. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, for sure. The and quality and the atmosphere and wanting to come here. Yeah. So so how to get in the Hall of Fame like that, that's, I don't know. It's just like. There's these, these, be, be these a amazing, homie. <laughs> well, these individuals that have just, you know, given so much to the brand and yeah. they just love the brand, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. So we wanted to get, to get back to them. And so we did uh, the Helen Hall of Fame and they get like a skip the line pass thing, you know, a Jack coach jacket. That was <laughs> yeah, I saw the yeah. pictures of those. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's amazing what, you know, Amanda, my wife's doing with the whole social media and the vault. Mm-hmm. And the, it's uh, insane. If you... I don't know. I, I never would have thought that, you know, so many different businesses would, would, would kind of look to us for inspiration. Yeah. And, and then also her forward thinkingness in the sense of like doing a vault drop, doing like a coffee mug for a fried chicken restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like not just like a cheap coffee mug that has a logo on it. It's like this dope handmade clay dripping on it with the Helen red and it's the exact mm-hmm. Helen red. It's yeah. just the even the water bottles you know yeah, like, with the Helen, yeah. Uh, it's like nuts you, like know? you guys are like the perfect team you know yeah, it's like yeah you it i mean i this level of success would not have been possible if it wasn't for her 100%, yeah you know because it's a it's a combination of a lot yeah. of things you know we just gave mario speaking of hall of fame uh <laughs> we have stickers that we give to businesses that are tender friends approved so it's top of the list not everyone gets them if you want to hang it up that's yeah. totally fine in your window. Yeah. If you yeah. want to throw it out. Yeah, no. That's totally fine. <laughs> I think we'll put it out but, there. But, uh, yeah. So, going back to uh, with this truck, you had to put a lot of investment into it. Yeah. Was, it was, well, at the time, that was a lot. Like, it yeah. was like 60000 That was Well, you had lot. to put everything you had into it. Yeah. How nervous were you? I feel like, you know, your confidence was probably a little shaken. You were worried. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a nervous. That was, that was one of the darkest. That moment, and then the moment... Uh, when the truck closed and I didn't have a restaurant, those two were some of the darkest moments that I've had in my life. Mm-hmm. Darkest meaning like I wasn't in a kitchen. I got so much joy from being in a kitchen and just cooking and right. working, you know, like just working, just doing stuff with your hands. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And um, 
I wasn't, it, it was it, like there was barely any customers. I was losing money. No one seemed to be biting at the hot chicken, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so the truck wasn't off to like a hot start at first? Uh, I wouldn't say it was no like hot enough yeah. to keep me motivated. Gotcha. Because there's like a lot of times we were just standing around. What uh, what areas did you frequent? We did we did all like we did Venice, we did downtown, we did um, Silver Lake, Los Feliz, uh, then we did Santa Monica. Yeah, pretty everywhere. much literally everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we did good good locations, but even driving the truck, I mean, this was a rundown. I didn't buy the truck; I leased the mm-hmm. truck. So it was like a taco truck uh, layout. I think it was Grilla Mall before, mm-hmm. and when they closed and opened the, their restaurant. They left the truck with the La Raza Food Company. And uh, so we leased it, and it wasn't built for frying chicken. You know, it wasn't built for holding fried chicken or anything like that. And yeah. I just had to make it work. And then here's the – what happened was when Amanda said do a sando, we started oh, yeah. developing mm-hmm. a sando. Mm-hmm. And then once we did the sando, boom, mm-hmm. that's when lines started. You were just doing wings before then? We were just doing quarter pieces, yeah. keeping it authentic, keeping yeah. it yeah. OG, keeping it – natural hot chicken yeah so it was quarter pieces and sides i was mm-hmm. doing like black eyed peas i was doing a potato salad a cucumber salad uh collard greens fries you know like these southern sides yeah you yeah. Know? yeah and uh that was what really got me into it you know is uh those those southern dishes um and then we do the sando and then boom it just you know the sales uh, i'm gonna say more than doubled yeah then all of a sudden la is listening mm-hmm. when there's a sando you know and uh then it was great because then we were able to, you know, um, move product and increase our quality by having that demand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then you're you're not sitting on chicken for so long. Totally. Um, and then uh, we ended up negotiating a deal in Hollywood for a restaurant. So we closed the truck. And then that deal fell through because we found out, you know, it's interesting with big money and, and landlords and all this stuff. Like... It, it, it was it's really like it really teaches you uh motives and and maybe naivete sometimes you can be naive and thinking like oh, okay i'm gonna go in here and do this and all that stuff yeah but it took our attorney you know darren friedman uh coming in and being like hey johnny you realize this deal is like shit yeah yeah like you're getting you, you have nothing because people see you wide-eyed and like you're all yeah coming off well this is the problem and, yeah. this is the problem and this is why you know, some moves happen and have recently just happened is people people don't understand the full the full idea of things, you know, and when you when you sell quote unquote sell, you know, your company or sell out the amount of power that you're giving to these other people yeah. with, with much more money than you and you become this just watered down franchise. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Luckily, I had a really good attorney on my side, and I hated him in the moment because it's like, then I'd had no restaurant. You wanted it so bad. Yeah, it's I, not I really telling you what you want to hear, yeah. but it's what you need to hear. Yeah. That's we rough. wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him saying true, that. True, true. You know? like, so shout out to him. And which, that's the first uh, shout out to Darren Friedman podcast <laughs> hey. that I've ever done. You know? Get but a discount on your next uh, contract. No, no, he doesn't <laughs> do discounts. <I> <laughs> You know those attorneys, man. They're like, I keep asking him, like, please come on, let me get a discount. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was that was a really dark time. I didn't have a restaurant. I didn't mm-hmm. have a truck. I didn't have anywhere to go, I, and I had no money, mm-hmm. zero, zip. What, what year? Around. Uh, if you Google, Helen Ray's uh, takes over Little Fork. 
Mm. Then that was it, you know, like okay. like that. I'll, maybe I'll pull it. Yeah. Or I don't uh, know. I don't 2016 or yeah, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. No, maybe 2014. I don't know. If you Google those terms, it'll yeah. pop up. And uh, then we were just kind of, I was lost. I remember going out to the Ace Hotel in Palm Springs with my four dogs or three dogs or whatever. And my brother, because my brother was working at the time with us in the truck. And uh, I didn't know what to do. I was like, that was one of the, the hardest days. I like, I didn't have. Wh- what are you gonna do? Yeah, just right. close your business. Like, what? okay, open another one. How are you gonna do it? Sell it to investors. Even then, when it was just this small level of hype and hot chicken, I didn't want to sell to investors. Right. Yeah. If that gives you an idea of where we're at now and all that stuff, like, even when it was just a truck, I didn't want to sell anybody my business to just be able to open it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to be able to like do it the natural way. And if the demand was there and the people were there, then yeah. do it. But unfortunately I got screwed over in a deal. So then I met up with, uh, I was at like one of these uh, food events, uh, like a LA times food event. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, ran into Alvin Kailan, uh, from egg slut and unit One Twenty, and now the burger show mm-hmm. shout out to Alvin. And w- he's like, dude, I'm going into this, uh, far East Plaza, you know, like I've already opened up a ramen champ here and I'm gonna be opening up one twenty. You should come in and check out, uh, some spaces and meet the owner, George, you, and um, we did that and, and met and, and George was so just accommodating, very fierce, like like tough guy in the sense of like he's he's he's, he's like your kind of man's man, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's not easy to get his respect. And uh, I like that because it means that no matter how much money gets on his way, he's not going to just sell out his plaza, you know? And, yeah. totally. and that's why like you yeah. see sometimes like you get all these like, like I'm sure he gets approached by like gentrification things like intelligentsia or what you know what i mean like yeah, these yeah, kind of hipster yeah. kind of concepts and even us we'll get there was an article in the LA times about us saying that we we're gentrifying you know like, right. like chinatown and stuff but think about it if if george Yu was more into like like taking every offer that came his way from you know blue bottle and, yeah and all these like like concepts and how much more of it it would have been but he was he's not like that and never been about that and and so i just liked the guy a lot and liked the location too because it, it felt very mom and pop. Mm. It didn't feel corporate. Yeah. It didn't feel like uh, overforced. And right at Prince's in Nashville, there's a barbershop next door. I mm. mean, I've had the barbers say to me four different times on four different occasions, let me line your shit up, bro, because it's crooked. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have a widow's peak right here. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, I've gone to Nashville probably like a, a lot, right? Like 15, 20, I don't know. And four occasions, I've had different barbers say, let me line that shit up. <laughs> and they point to my forehead. Because <laughs> I think, I don't know, I'm into the natural. So if it was just a straight line, then you would see this green patch. Yeah, no, wouldn't it just like good. slowly you grow in? You got pepper like coming keep. in now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, your hair looks good. Yeah. This is this turn into a hair podcast. It's know. great. I'm balding. It's fine. <laughs> Are you really? At, I'm balding at 30. Look at this over it's here. Okay. Oh, no. Or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, so let's talk. So obviously. At least the guys aren't saying, hey, let me fix that shit on your head. <laughs> uh, they just <laughs> probably don't say it to it, my right. face. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're like, there's no, there's no help. <laughs> it's um, so funny. He said, then he said to me one other occasion, he's like, I bet you I cut your hair before you get your chicken. <laughs> yeah, or it's take free. five minutes. You know, you can <laughs> while you're waiting. You know, like it, I, that was the first time I seen a barber 
haggle. Right? Like, like, <laughs> Come on, let like, me do it, please. Like, you know, like the guys in New Orleans that are trying to bring people in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even yeah. in other places. It was like that. He was like trying to bring in like some a club promoter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like in front. Come on, you know. So that's so something I want to ask about about the plaza here. Um, you know, you're known for having really long lines and people just waiting as long as they need to for mm-hmm. your chicken. So what do these other businesses that they, like I imagine lines sometimes block doors of business? Like, is there any issues with those other businesses? No, I mean, I think the definitely like Scoops, the tea shop and most most of these other bu- even like the clothing place are now serving and all these places like they're really kind of benefiting from our presence here mm-hmm. because I mean, I don't know if you've ever been here on a Monday. Mm-mm. Um, you should, you should check it out. You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's pretty quiet. Yeah, yeah. It's very mellow. Even I was even worried when I was opening here that no one would show up. Yeah. Like I, that was a legitimate fear of mine yeah. for this because I was like, okay, so there's no street signage. Yeah. You don't just drive by and you're like, Hey, I want to check that place out. You yeah. can't even see it. You have to know where you're going. You have to know about it before yeah. you're there. Right. So it's so it's these business people online like, oh, we have another hour to wait. Let's like, get some let's tea. Get some tea. Or, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. that Howland was so hot. I need some ice cream. Yeah. yeah we yeah. don't sell ice cream. Yeah. You know. Now shout out to our banana pudding though. Yeah. I did see <laughs> that. So recent, have you yeah. seen it? Have you tried it? I no. haven't tried it. No. I'll have to text one of the guys to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had banana pudding. You've never had. Banana You've never pudding had it in your life. In my life, no. Do you like bananas? Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna like it. Um. <laughs> do you? Who came first, Chago or Howland? The chicken or the what? Chago or Howland? Was here first. Chago was first. Okay. Yeah. And were there other restaurants in this unit? I mean, I guess yeah. you had said like, like smaller, kind of like family-owned. Oh, okay. You know? I didn't know if it was all retail. This used to be a kitchen supply store. Okay. Um, Michelle was one of the owners, and it was a, it was a really cool family. They've been here for years, and they would sell things like you know strainers, mm-hmm. uh, walks, and, and things like that. Yeah. And um, she went into retiring, um, and she said to me. You know, if there's any businesses that, that take over my location, I want it to be you guys. The this specific space, the side one, or the this this was. If you go way way back, there was a green, the same green sign that's on there. Yeah, it was a kitchen supply yeah. store. This space, the space next to it, were one space. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that was that kitchen supply store. Oh, <laughs> oh that was quick. <laughs> Thank you. Here we go. Oh, oh boy. Okay, Banana pudding oh, time. Hold on. We got to do it. Let me let me try out what you do. Okay, guys. Welcome to um, Tinder Show. Um, <laughs> we have a groundbreaking exclusive. We are going to be introducing Banana Pudding for the first time. Okay. Here we go. What is in it? It's love. You gotta get, get, get down. Is, I'm layered. trying to try you new hold, You can hold yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, Eric has a insanely strange diet. And this can is you have why dairy? I have such a healthy physique. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You bananas. There's no restrictions. Try and get... Yeah, yeah that's a good first... Yeah. I'm excited. First banana pudding bite. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I don't even know what's in banana pudding. So this is very, like... You like put pudding, don't you? I mean... I it's guess. Like custard. Like creme anglaise. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's where it's at. That's really good. So you guys make that in house. Make that in house. So what made you want to add that to the menu? Like I said earlier, we just want to keep getting better and better and better at what we do. And this is like a, this has been always our goal. Like we want to. Okay, we got mac and cheese OTW. Sure. You know, like we there's a reason why we haven't taken. We haven't put mac and cheese right off the bat on it or whatever. Um, it's like we want it to be just like 
where you eat it and you're like, man, that's like some of the best blank that I've had in a long time. That is really good. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we're going for. Is that the, the same idea that you had with the tenders, right? Because yeah. those weren't off the bat. This, I mean, this, the tender you had right now, even though maybe it tastes consistent to you, to the tender you previously had. Yeah. Is 100% not the exact same. It's, it's so different. This is such an evolution. But it's like we're not tweaking it where it's – we're trying to make it more integrity. You know, like how do you make a chicken tender even better yeah. without changing it where you're like – the customers are like, oh, it's so different now. Right, yeah. But, but where they think this, where they think they bite into it and they're like, man, I remember it being this good. It, it, maybe it got better. How did it get better? Yeah. yeah. You know, sure. But it's consistent with what the, what you've had. So these tenders are not the tenders on the menu currently. These tenders are on the menu currently. Um, it's just a little bit of the seasoning that's uh, slightly that's rolling out shortly. Okay. And what can sense. you what can you tell us about it? Nothing. Nothing at all. It's love. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because we live in a climate here. Should you do the clap? <laughs> we live in a climate here now where you have a lot of other places, you know, listening to all the words. Yeah. Um, and so nowadays, you know, you got to be careful with the things you work your l- whole life for sure. and who you share it with. I, you know? I appreciate that. So what so was the idea of, you know, obviously you opened the store. When, what year did you open the store or the actual brick and mortar? We opened that two and a half years ago or something like that. 2016? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. About two and a half, maybe three. Okay. It's been a, it's been a blur. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. It's been like one long <laughs> year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here we go. So what was the idea? At what point were you like, let's add chicken tenders to the menu and has it i don't know if you've seen it because your lines have always been massive and your business has always been booming so i don't know if it's you've seen an increase from that or people are requesting that more or what's kind of yeah like so people have always asked us for it and um my any of the moves that have to do with the business in terms of introduction to certain things mm-hmm. has always been about can we handle it you know and 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 yeah when's the right time and all of that and it's like um we're not rushing things we want to be an institution, so it's like we want to be around for years. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just be some flash in the pan. We want to be something that's, you know, legendary, and that's our goals and aspirations. We want to be a legendary restaurant that's which gonna, are already there. Well, and and in our student mentality, where we want to be the best we can be mm-hmm. and constantly get better all all the time, you know, but never rest atop the mountain, sitting on top and laughing. How, yeah. How how because that's when you start one. slipping. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's exactly. fair. So um, in terms of with the tenders, my staff got developed. I got developed enough. They got developed enough. Um, we, our structures in the, in the restaurant, in our kitchen, uh, the fluidity of service got better. We were serving 300 on our first day, or 140 on our first day, people, in the whole day of service. Then it went to 300, then it went to like 800. Now we're serving 1,000-something people mm-hmm. in one day. I mean, we yeah. sell on average 800 to 900 sandwiches a day. Wow. You know, so I mean, that's some serious is volume. That your number one item is the sandwiches. Sandwiches are number one yeah. item. Yeah. Do you guys hit sellout often still? No. Or now never. you're like ready for never. it because you know what to expect. We've expanded our kitchen by four times the blueprint. Wow. So you know, if it's if it was say 100 square feet, now it's like 400, 500 square feet just on that. We have refrigerators isolated for specific proteins. Yeah. You know, so like one item, you know, can benefit by being one degree cooler than the sure, next. Right. All that, you know, so. It's uh yeah it's, it's we've gotten it down to a science that we keep getting trying to get better at yeah you know that's what some of these people are like I don't want to say I mean it, it is great that some of these other pop ups or whatever do sell out but they almost pride themselves in selling out it's like that's the goal is to just sell out 
well, you know, two hundred sandwiches an old as food opposed tribe, to having yeah. being ready for twelve hundred sandwiches. Like what? yeah. So two things on that. One, one when we do events, we don't we don't sell out because well, like I'll have guys come down <coughs> to the restaurant and pick up mm-hmm. food. Two, an old food truck thing. I'll I'll admit it, I used to do this in the food truck when I was really tired and I wanted to go home and there was no customers coming. Uh, I would say we're sold out. Yeah. So in terms of the the these pop ups and stuff like that. Saying you're sold out sounds better than I'm tired. I want to go home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm done for the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good marketing thing. You know. That's interesting. I've never thought about that. So what? Ne- next week we are about to go head to head, and that's what this whole month has been. Yeah. We mm-hmm. Interviewed three chefs to pick up some tips on how to make the best tender. Yeah. And then next week we're gonna do a competition. What yeah. would What would you say that your main points are to to make a, a tender that stands out? You know, apart from the rest, <laughs> can I get a bite of banana that banana pudding? pudding? But if we were, if I wanted, did you, did you get one of the bananas? Oh, I got a whole oh, yeah. banana. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's not like an overwhelming banana, and the vanilla wow. mixes so well with it. Wow, you know what's so funny about this? There is a ingredient in there mm-hmm. that's not typical. Okay. Of banana pudding, but it, I just tasted it. Yeah. And it is freaking nuts. I don't know what it is, but there's some. There's a flavor in there. And I don't know what it is. What is it? You can't. Say. I, oh no. No. Because you can taste the banana and the vanilla, and the we'll banana is not overpowering. See, I used to be. I used to be very. Like I want to. I want to teach. You know, and help. No, yeah. now people are looking for the secrets, man. Yeah. yeah you yeah, cannot yeah. give that I, up. Now I learned. You're Coca Cola now. No, well. You gotta lock <laughs> it up. On uh, with Andre when last time I saw Andre in uh, Nashville. Uh, at Prince's, yeah, you know, I, I, I would always. She always. She has this banter like uh, about her, where like me and my guys will eat the extra hot or the hottest one, and then as we're leaving, like she's in her car, and I'm like, guys, we gotta go show respect. We gotta, you know, say thank you, give her a hug, all that stuff. We go over there, and then then she's like, how hot? You guys get it? And then uh, we're like, oh, we had the hottest one, and then she's like, oh. No, you haven't had the hottest one. It's still in my car right now. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the level of banter, um, it's now I see why she's so secretive. Now I see why there's a wall that got princes and no one can see the past the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so naive where I opened up uh, open bar, sushi bar type counter Mm-hmm. Where you see every single thing, because that was like that was part of me and right, who, who yeah. I wanted, you know. But now I see why she's she's like that, and it's cool. It's interesting. So in terms of the banana pudding, it's really funny. If you had to guess, what would you guess that ingredient would be? That that kind of kicker. No, yeah, it's like it's a, the same thing when you're eating the tender, where it makes you salivate a little bit. Yeah, I can't. Like it's like a tartness or something. Yeah. If you had to guess, come on. I mean, for the I gotta taste that again. Is it another fruit? You, so you're not going to tell us if we guess well, it. Well, you asked me... Okay, so one of the questions leading into this was, so we're doing a competition. Do you have any advice on, on making tenders really good? And and part of why I, I went to the banana pudding is I wanted to show you physically, in terms of the palate, mm-hmm. um, what you can do in terms of cooking. Like what we're doing right now, tasting the food, this is basically one episode of Massimo Buturo's uh, masterclass. Is he just goes into talking about... Taste different balsamics. Mm. Taste different tomatoes. Taste different, and, and then understand what you enjoy about those. So when you're making a salad, would you use a San Marzano or a cherry tomato mm. or a Roma tomato? Why? You know. Yeah. And this is an answer to the question, which is 
train that, train your palate. What is it like? Like, can you decir- de- decipher um, what ingredient that is? That no, I, I can't. But you could get close though, right? And if you got, if you had to take a gander, that's I don't know. It feels like another fruit or something. Mm-hmm. Is it? Maybe we can. Or we can, we can believe it. <laughs> I don't know. And then we're gonna open up. I mean, my inkling is lemon, but it's not. You know, because it has like a tart sweetness, but I don't, I don't know if it is lemon, because it doesn't really have a lemony flavor to mm-hmm. it, but it's yeah. giving me like the, you know, the, like the, the acidic, yeah, pH of, yeah, yeah. So that goes in to answer the question of cooking tenders and stuff like that. I would say invest in your palate. Don't go cheap with ingredients, mm-hmm. and listen to your palate and your gut feelings too. If you bite into something and you're like, oh, I think it might need a little more of this. Try it again. Add, yeah. a, add a little bit yeah. more of that. You know what I mean? Experiment as you go. But don't don't settle for, ah, no, that's really good. S- don't like This is how we have it right here, is we're testing these different recipes, whether it's mac and cheese or banana pudding yeah. or tenders and stuff. And we're not done until we're like, honest, until we say the words come out, like, honestly, that's some of the best tenders I've had in my life. Yeah. We're not done. Our job's not done. Back to the drawing board until we get to that. Yeah. And yeah, it's crazy, but it's like, it takes a long, long time. But once you lock that in, like how I feel right now is with, with some of these new execution, like even the ones you had, I wasn't happy with. Yeah. You know, like I, you saw me making this motion. Yeah. And it's because it needed a little more seasoning on it. Um, and before you guys go, I want to show you, I want to season one myself and see <laughs> your natural <laughs> response. Um, but that's what I'm, that's what, try and do that yeah. Yeah. when you're cooking. And don't say it's not because I'm not a chef or I don't know or I, my palate doesn't know or I can't guess. You're limiting yourself. Don't, like, yeah, you, you know it's maybe a fruit or maybe it's not a fruit or maybe it is a lemon or whatever it is. But your first responses were like, nope. Oh, you, sure, got, sure. you don't ever limit yourself yeah. in the sense of your capabilities as a human being. There's no difference between you you and me in terms of the our bodily functions and all that stuff maybe i practice it more and maybe i i i I try not to limit you know but you have everything you need to be able to make and there's nothing so stupid as this dumb remark or a dumb question you know like i was working with a guy uh and he kept oh actually no i was uh i was helping out uh some friends of mine yeah I'll just say it. Kim Prince is opening in South LA. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Hot Field Chicken. Shout out to Kim and and Greg Doolin. They're going to be opening a restaurant over near Baldwin Hills. Cool. And I was down there um, just checking out the restaurant and helping them out with some layout and stuff like that um, because you know I want to help uh, the fam the family that this recipe is originated. Yeah. You know and 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 maintain you know great ties and 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 they've been supporting us for years and. So yeah. I, I went down there, you know, I didn't even, no consulting fee or anything like mm-hmm. that. And um, someone I, someone said something like, oh, I'm so sorry, this may be a dumb question. And it made me think, like, there's never, never feel like there's a dumb question. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's never yeah. a stupid question. If you're not asking questions, then that's not, that's not good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that would be, that would be something. And listening to your gut, because your yeah. gut, your gut feeling and your palate and your mind, you know, those are, those are your tools and your palate and training your palate too. 
So. And you mentioned quality, which is something you guys obviously don't be cheap. Yeah. Don't so be cheap. can you talk about like uh, you guys use chickens that are like put to sleep before they're killed and like mm-hmm. it's very humane and everything. Can you talk about your quality? Yeah. So if you notice when you take a bite into it, it's tender. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've you guys have ever like butchered a chicken or killed a chicken before. Have not. <laughs> it's on our list. Have you ever seen a chicken <laughs> get killed? I have seen a chicken no. get killed. You have? Yeah. I saw his head get cut off. Only in it South Park. So, okay, let's let's talk about that process since, since you were going out of it. When they killed that chicken, how'd they mm-hmm. kill it? They cut its head off. Okay, and then was it still moving? Yeah. Yeah, for a long period of time? Yeah, a while. Okay. It's pretty gross. Yeah, and so do you think that body, what was happening in the body of that chicken? Oh, uh, it was running out of blood. Yeah, it was freaking tense. out. It was running around and it was right. tense, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now say you have a chicken that uh, goes like I think it's like a type of CO two chamber where like the oxygen, similar to like the mask you put on, um, but it's not like a chemical or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. It has Just to do air. it ceases their breathing. Exactly. Or right. Yes, yeah. it lowers your heart rate or whatever, and then it gets you calm. So a chicken is sleeping, and then its head gets cut off. It doesn't. The heads don't get cut off. They they get bled. Sure. So they they slit their necks. Yeah. And uh, I understand this is very. Um, some viewers. Hey, um, this is hey, listen. If you're, yeah, well, if you're listening to a tenders. podcast about chicken tenders, you, know you need to out. know how the chickens are killed. <laughs> There's that one dude, probably that's you know, if it's a YouTube thing. YouTube comments are like the darkest place in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah for real. Yeah. There's that one guy on YouTube that. Uh, or not more. There's more than one guy in those comment sections or girls. There are a lot of they're them. They're just ripping people apart. Yeah. yeah. Like, where's the safety mask, bro? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where are your eye goggles and eye protection? I can't believe you're showing <laughs> people how to use the chop saw without, you know, putting on goggles that make you not be able to see it, <laughs> but it's safer. Right, yeah. You know, yeah, like there's little, always people calling you yeah. out. Yeah. So in this one, there is the... Man, it's so vulgar with killing chicken. I never (laughs) thought I would be listening to people killing. But it's like back in the day, grandma is killing the chicken. Yeah. And then cooking it and frying it for you. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like people forget where your food comes from. Yeah. You know? And um, so anyway, by having the connection and touring the farms and seeing the process, um, the, the, the quality of how does this chicken, what does it go through to get to here? Yeah. What is its life like? All that stuff. All that that vegan stuff that people talk about. Yeah. It's like like why vegans are vegans, right? Yeah. Like a big part of their philosophies. Not only wh- whether it's the health benefits or whatever, but also the the nature and the environment and all that stuff. How is it? How is it? You know, good for the environment versus uh, being something like a slaughterhouse. You know, like big conglomerate corporation. Right. Mm-hmm. And so why you know why we support this family owned business and this business that, you know, does things the right way is because they really take pride in not only, so remember I talked about the sawdust that they're standing in? That sawdust is a byproduct of a lumber mill. Sure, yeah, using using recyclable uh, materials whenever you can. Exactly, instead of just polluting the work. Right. And then on top of it, like, the way the chickens' lives are, you know, with like the fans and the controlled temperatures and stuff, they're good lives. They, they even this farm, they even keep the same um, chickens at the same age together throughout their whole life. So it's like, imagine you guys are friends and you guys know each other. For we're you, not. For, well, <laughs> no, we're not. Let's just say if you guys were just like by homies, label, <laughs> and you guys can be friends for your whole life till you guys are. Uh, 
like killed like to dead. be eaten and then murdered together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you go, no, you well, you're gonna get put to sleep first. Yeah, yeah. And then you know you go through it, but you have that whole lifespan: 50, 60, 70 years, whatever, mm-hmm. maybe more, ninety. Nine, chickens live ninety years. No, you guys. Oh. <laughs> Chickens typically go from 46 to 52 weeks. Okay. Some of them even 26 weeks. Okay. It really depends on the bird. Yeah. And then um, the the breed too, because what they do is now they cross different breeds. So they'll have this chicken mate with this chicken, hmm. and then they'll breed the crap out of that chicken because this chicken maybe it gains more weight but eats less food. Yeah. Oh, right. So then we can use this breed, or this chicken has more fat content and mm-hmm. it doesn't need as much food. It all comes down to economics and yeah. how it makes sense for the farm to to produce this product. But what's really what what one thing that stood out to me was that those chickens they're not being separated. It's not just all the the chickens together. It's it's one whole section of chickens in these different silos that are controlled and have access to outdoor space and they live a whole life together. Yeah. And then they're butchered. Yeah. But in other ones, they pick out the big ones and then they're killed. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're killed. And then, then the the next week, the big ones, they pick them out and they kill them. So what happens is the chickens are like looking around. They're like, where's Larry at? Where's Bob? Where's, where's old time Bo? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just saw him the other day. They develop fear. Is he okay? <laughs> exactly. Their, chick, their their meat's not as good. Yeah, and you can taste the fear. Yeah. yeah. So when you eat our chicken... <laughs> I do love the taste of fear, though. He does. Do I don't... Just, just, not yeah, not in my tenders, like just big, in yeah. general life. I, I like the taste of fear. He's, he's a general just, antagonist. <laughs> and okay, I'm a general so, so let's see. What are, what are some of the most recent, you know, um, dine-in or dine-out or dine-at-home experiences of, of fear where you have that... <laughs> Um, I had some Skittles the other day and I thought I was going to choke. So that was like a really big fearful moment for me. And then when Um, you didn't choke, you were like, these were the best I've ever had. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. No, you can't taste fear. Only when I'm speaking to someone. (laughs) (laughs) It's palpable. Yeah. Um, Okay, so two last questions. Um, First, I want to talk about the future of Helen Rays. And you guys are opening up a new location. Uh, but before that, I do want to touch on something you speak about in every podcast or video you're in is, is the history of hot chicken and, and the story of that. Um, and also, like, you, you go out of your way on your website and everything to credit those people that started it in Nashville and the story of that. So can you kind of talk to that and why that's important to you, that, to keeping that tradition, that story? Yeah, I mean, growing up how I grew up and, and uh, amongst the people that, you know, I, w- I was, it was very important to pay respect to the OGs, the people you stand on the shoulders that came before mm-hmm. you. And, you know, to me, like serving, serving Nashville hot chicken in LA and being the first to do it, I wanted to kind of like shout out. And we still, to this day, shout out the originators, the people that were yeah. doing it when you were in diapers or in a womb or not even, you know, uh, thought of thought of, yeah. or yeah. even your parents weren't even, uh, they didn't even know each other. Mm-hmm. You know, your parents, your grandparents maybe didn't even know each other. And these people were serving Nashville hot chicken in Nashville. And, you know, the, the, you give credit where credit's due, yeah. you know. And if I didn't have the experiences of, of eating at these places and, and getting just enamored with the culture, uh, then, uh, you know, this, uh, this kind of hot chicken i don't know where it would be right right now you know what i mean and it's like um they and they've been doing it for years Mm -hmm. you know and years and years and it's been passed down 
from from you know sister to sister. You know, it's like yeah. that that prince when when we were there a few months ago with with four of the employees. We're talking about the prince family. Yeah, yeah. we were talking about the lineage. Mm-hmm. So she was like, oh, and that's that's cousin Larry right there. And you see him on that porch, and he's holding that little baby with the baby has a half head of hair. He's you know, that little baby ran the second, you know, uh, <laughs> generation of the prince, you know, thing. And that was baby Charlie. And Charlie, and it's like, you don't think about the, the lineage and the, and, and the history. And, yeah. you know, this this was a time of, like, like slavery and, and like, like just terrible things. You yeah. Know? And they were doing this. I found out, I don't know if this has been said that much. This is probably a groundbreaking. Uh, Ooh, uh-oh. breaking tender news. Yeah, okay, yeah, not necessarily uh, tender, but so the Prince family. Before the Prince family was serving chicken, they were morticians. What? Oh, okay, that's crazy. Yeah. So um, that was shared with me recently, and I thought that was very interesting. That like before they were serving natural hot chicken, it was but, a family of morticians, and and like that was the. But natural the, hot chicken was an accident. Right. Yeah. So I mean, uh, it, it was it was a revenge dish. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> revenge dish. It was. It was like like you know, say he does something that really pisses you off. Yeah. And say you're making him dinner. Yeah. Make it as hot as you can. And you're like, I'm gonna light this sucker up. You know, because <laughs> right. I didn't like when he said that to me. You know, and so and then he eats it, and then he ends up liking it. <laughs> and then he says, "Babe, baby." Make me some more of that. I'm going to bring my friends over tomorrow. Yeah. And, and then you're like, damn it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no. Then you kill him. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about the future of the store then, the future of the franchise. Yeah. So uh, the what? privately owned franchise. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, we, we have Pasadena um, on the way. That's going to mm-hmm. be very exciting because... We get to we get to take everything we learned here mm-hmm. in terms of certain executions and techniques, and um, we get to extrapolate that and use this restaurant as a strong backbone mm-hmm. for Pasadena. Sure. And speaking with a lot of the Pasadena community, you know, like they're very excited for us going out there, um, and the amount of space that we have too is uh, a large amount of space um, in Pasadena mm-hmm. with a lot of parking. So. Um, it's going to open it up where it's a little bit more, I'm not going to say family friendly, but like accessible. It's not so much about like waiting in line or that, that kind of like vibe that we have here. It's going to be a different animal because you Mm -hmm. can never, this is why it's been been so long to open up two restaurants, but you can never, you know, capture lightning in a bottle twice. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a reason why movie sequels suck (laughs) Yeah. because they rest on the laurels of their first movie. So they're like, we're bro we're good you know we have the fan base let's just do let's go like this and this and this and that's what i call resting on your laurels and so for us we already know that and we're not going to rest on our laurels and we're going to be very creative and and create something that's like yeah it's 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 the same product and if not better of a product because we're able to use this as a backbone Mm -hmm. but we're not going to rest on our laurels and we're going to create something that's just really like bitching in the sense of like we're representing nashville yeah, and, and 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 a southern dish. Yeah, and we're gonna take so much pride in that and create, you know, like yeah, a modern version where you have guys like you know Nipsey on the wall, or you are playing music, whether it's like Gunna and Young Thug or whatever. But at the same time, you know, it's gonna give us more of a platform to represent Nashville, and and that's something very excited. 
I am about uh, Pasadena. And um, when does that open? Well, I mean, it's 2020. Is uh, okay. we we're we're really close uh, to the shell phase of it, uh, mm-hmm. meaning like like gas and plumbing and all that stuff. Yeah. So once I I'll definitely be announcing more stuff uh, as I get closer to dialing in a kind of time period. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, I have a few pop-ups uh, scheduled. We have one um, probably in about a month or two where we're going to knock on wood because deals, you know, deals fall through. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, where we get to try out the delivery only for oh, a few days. Yeah. Oh, nice. So we're going to just hit it. We're it's just like a ghost kitchen? Uh, well, here? I'm not going to say too much about how we're going to do it, but... Um, we're going to give West LA something they haven't seen nice. before. That was my next question. Yeah. Cause that market is pretty open out there, right? Well, I mean, Fuku's out there now, you know, they, they, yeah, the Fuku just opened. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's, uh, yeah, we're excited to bring, um, bring Highland Rays to, to West side for sure. Cause I know a lot of, um, them are hitting us up and they yeah. want us out yeah, there. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So now, are you worried? Your your quality, your bar for quality is much higher than anyone else's. Are you at all worried about that transition to Pasadena? Not at all. Now, because you've been you've been preparing I'm, for so yeah, long, and that, I mean, that was been the main goal. Why you've held off? I actually think that the quality at both places is going to increase um, because, like I said, with with off air earlier, buying power, right? As yeah. as as you go through more product, you're able to not only maintain the freshness, but you get lower prices on it. So you can right. hook people up more or mm-hmm. you can spend a little bit more on, on other things, you know, because you cut, because the same exact, whatever you're buying pickles, you're going through so much more of it. So it drops the price. So you go through a pallet a day instead right. of three gallons or whatever. Um, and then on top of it, the consistency of this now is going to be so consistent because basically I have a spice lab. Right. Yeah. yeah. This it's the space. Yeah. yeah. Six. Like like three months tomorrow. Like all that. Those boxes right there. Uh, those are the, called. That's an L channel and a T T bar. So those are those are channels for uh, ceiling. Mm-hmm. You know those drop ceiling tiles. Yeah. Yeah. So we're installing that, and then we got our HVAC guy come in. We got to convert this. We got to insulate that, and then uh, drop in some twenty four by twenty four uh, air supply returns. Yeah, I was gonna say it's gonna be real, real, real uh, hard to breathe, real spicy. Exactly. Here, so like this, this are. is gonna be great because this is gonna be, now that it's not an open ceiling, this is gonna be insulated. Okay. Uh, and then the return that's behind the actual unit, that's gonna suck in all the air. Yeah. And then what it does is it spits it back into the room. Like filters it to not be. Oh, like the the pepper air. Well, that's how an AC unit works. But, <laughs> I, but <laughs> now, I gotta, now, as I said it, see, this is how we yeah, improve. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, it's yeah. like, hey guys, it may not be good to. Uh, I think I think what I'm gonna tell you, my AC. I'm meeting him at six thirty tomorrow in the morning. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him, hey, let's put the return in another room, so it sucks the air from that room mm-hmm. and pumps it into here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Filter or cleaner air, but then the problem is, where does the pepper air go? You exactly. put it out the door. You just put it out, yeah. Like well, going you out. Put it out the, the door, so it's like uh, when you drive past an In and Out. Oh yeah, you smell yeah. it. Yeah, so everyone yeah. in lines like really smelling. I'm sure you, you smell it out there anyway. Sonora already. Town too. I was helping oh, out. Sonora I, Town. I, I went down there, and uh, after the Netflix thing, I think she texted my wife, or or I think Jordan Akun set something up where he's like, oh, you should talk to Johnny because she was having some issues with the line after her Netflix. Yeah. She was on Netflix and something like that, and, and so. I got to go down there, and I love. This is what I wish more chefs did, which is like just 
go down and help out however you want. Yeah, yeah. For free. Like, like, and, and, you know, you just know something ha- and you want to yeah. help. Yeah, for sure. As long as it's good people not trying to steal and jock your stuff. Right. You know, like, so I went down there and helped them out a little bit. And that was really cool. And one of the problems they had was apartment complexes because they only cook over mesquite. Um, in terms of the, like that's a big part of the Sonoran style, you know, flour tortillas and yeah. dish mm-hmm. is that mesquite flavor. Like it's not over marinated and too many ingredients or anything like that, but it's that mesquite flavor profile that makes you think of that Sonora town taco. Or right. Whatever. Yeah. So she was having the problem where everybody was complaining, like apartments, local businesses, around everything was mesquite. It was yeah. like so <laughs> strong, you know. Yeah. So, but I might just me will do an exhaust fan. Yeah. Like you've seen those uh like twelve by twelve fans. Yeah. That uh they're they're closed and then when they turn on it blows the things up yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it just blows. Oh it yeah, up. yeah 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 yeah. I put one of those in my garage. It's pretty cool. Yeah. There you go. Amazon. So we helped you design the spice room. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. No, that's a good. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. All right. Let's end this on one last question. What are you most proud of in in your entire journey here with this business? Because it's very successful. Um, seriously, congratulations on all Thank the success. You. Yeah, it's, for real. it's really yeah. amazing what you do for the community and, and your employees and the business is thriving. So what, what are you most proud of personally? I mean, it, there's, there's so many different aspects to it, but I, if it was one thing, I'd say my employees, Okay. like, like me being able to sit here and it's everybody. It's not just like the CDC or, mm-hmm. you know, the executive chef mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like the, the, you could sit here and bullshit and trust that they're yeah. handling it. Yeah. yeah, and then also trust that they, like, just, you know, are in it for the right reasons and all that stuff. Because yeah. you'll be surprised. I get, like, resume sent, and it's like, oh, my God. Are you serious? Like, that's yeah, obviously yeah. from another place, and you want to come and see it. everything here. I've yeah. had guys come in and take like photos spies? of our, yeah, mm-hmm. of our, like, uh, apply for a job. Yeah. yeah want to yeah, come yeah. in. And then they take photos of our invoices and things wow. like that. It's just, like. That's so sketchy and weird. It's so weird that that happens. And yeah. when can that when start I, when happening? When I was on the truck, us? I had I had <laughs> people get offered. Uh, my one employee got offered uh, triple the pay uh, to work at another place. That was when I was on the truck. This is real so life. So they could tell what they do and just uh, yeah. There's wow. real planktons out there but trying the cl- to get the Krabby Patty. So that's what I would be most proud of is like having a business where like you have yeah. fucking spies and all this yeah, like yeah, people yeah. trying to yeah. steal your employees. Like that's something to be proud of too. Yeah. So I guess you probably have a long. I'm sure you have a long list of, of things aside from your employees. Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah. uh, th- but if you guys could see the level of growth that the employees here have gone through, you would be. It's like it's movie credit worthy in the sense of like, you know, like in the whole scale of a movie, uh, the character starts off like this and then ends up like this. Like we were talking about, we were talking about breaking bad, right? Yeah. He started off where he couldn't even take a shower or when he woke up, he thought he was still in the cage. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, when he had the gun to like shoot the guy, Oh yeah, my bad. <laughs> he 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 could have took this other guy's life that was held he was holding him captive. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and he chose he he chose to give the gun back. Yeah. But at the end of the movie, they did a the thing. I'm going to just spoil, yeah, yeah straight spoil, up spoiler. I'm sorry. Straight um, up spoiler. But the point is is that this character went through so much growth in the movie. And why I say it's movie worthy is imagine having like 20 of those guys where you're like in that same span of that 1 hour movie, you see these guys over the span of six months, five months, go through so much, and like whether it's have a baby or or, mm-hmm. or go through multiple relationships or deal with, you know, their father dying or things like that, and then how strong they are now 
and how like clear minded and focused and driven they are. Yeah. That's why my answer is that, you know, and in even even my wife, you know, Amanda, like how how far she's come and it's amazing. You know, I mean, she she Cause she's just kind of like like three years sober now. And mm. it's like it's nuts. But she, she did she kind of just like fully support your idea when you came back or did you guys discover you were out there working in Nashville when you kind of yeah came she across, was here she was she was just like let's fucking do it let's yeah I mean she, she 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 liked the concept but here's here's a quick easy explanation of our relationship she's like the one person like I come here and I'm like hey guys you know move this do this do this thank you and they're like yes chef no problem and then I'm like hey this is too spicy yes chef sorry won't have again blah 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 if I if I'm like uh, Amanda this is like you know can you do it differently? She's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so like, she's Just the one person. Yeah. 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 She's the one person. And I don't want to say this and have her hear it. And then it encourages <laughs> more of it, but she's the one person that really just like fights back. Um, and, and brings me back down kind that's of thing. Well, you need someone. Yeah. Everybody 100%. needs somebody. Like, yeah. But your wife, that's even better. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and especially if the man has the confidence in the wife and respect level mm-hmm. that, they can do this or say this and you respect it enough where you're not just like uh, shut up woman right yeah yeah. You know, like I saw that a lot and I didn't like that yeah you know? um, and so that's that's been a very important uh, lesson of growth for me and and in terms of humility and, and progress as a chef and business owner yeah yeah and you said you named this after your your late dad yeah so Hall- Helen Wolf so Helen is derivative of Helen Wolf. Mm-hmm. Ray Zone was my father who uh, raised me and Cooper, mm-hmm. uh, the guy that was in here. Uh, yeah. Co- Cooper didn't have his dad around. Mm-hmm. And um, me and we just had a real natural friendship as, as kids. We both, you know, we're on the Franklin Elementary over in uh, Silver Lake Los Feliz. Uh, basketball, baseball, soccer team, and sure, all yeah. that stuff always together. And um, so he kind of took him in and it was great for me because my blood-born brother wasn't really as close as, say, like, Cooper mm-hmm. to me. Like, like he's, like, I love my brother for sure, but Cooper's been more of a brother throughout my life than my actual brother, Yeah, you know? And, um, but I love Jimmy, my brother, my actual blood mm-hmm. brother, but to me, Cooper's more blood than my actual blood. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I'm a firm believer in family is what you make it. Right. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be like that because there's some families that are just real messed up. Yeah. Know? So. so your last name is, is really Zone. Yeah, my dad, his name was Larry Miller. Okay. I think Larry Dick Miller. Okay. That's um, very, like, a s- stand-up in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Miller is a stand-up comedian. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> why. I was like, yeah. like stand-up, because it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, that was his name. So Larry Dick Miller changed his name from Larry Dick Miller to Ray Zone. When he was 35, he went through this um, epiphany of, like, I'm done working in a factory. I want to go pursue writing and, and, and 3D comic books in mm. Los Angeles. So at 35, he moved to L.A., changed his name to Ray Zone, and started Ray 3D Zone Comics. And he was 35, and it took him 35 years of his life to finally pursue his dream. That's why he was so adamant to me pursuing and yeah. doing what you love from an early age. You know? Yeah. So th- th- because he waited till he was 35, I was, working I was, in a factory. I was wondering, I was like, what nationality is Zone? I've never heard that <laughs> <last> <laughs> name before. Like, I need to ask him. Uh, good. Now, now we know. Now, what was the guess? Uh, like, I ha- I literally like had Italian, no guesses. Like Zone? No, not even. I was like, I don't know what that, that could be. be. I was like, <laughs> I know it's pronounced Zone. <laughs> well, but if I you don't had to say it was one, what would it be? Uh, yeah, like probably like Southern European, Italian, Spanish, maybe. Hmm. I would have said New York Italian. 
Like, like it sounds like a, you know, you know what I mean? Jersey? Like Johnny's own. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, now we know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for for, for your time here. Um, thank you for the quality chicken. Yeah. Because yes. We love it. Side <laughs> note. It's just <laughs> great that it exists in the world. Yeah. Um, and this is our last uh, interview for Chef Month. Next week, we're going to go head to head. Um, and uh, we'll see who's the better tender. Do you re- do how, how confident do you feel? Scale of one to ten. Uh, I mean, last time you won, and yeah. I was super confident. This time, I'm just as confident, if not more so. Oh. Now that we have all this expertise uh, in our back pocket. All right. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm, co- I'm coming for you hard because cool. I lost the first time. Yeah, so no, I heard. It's fine. Heard. What's the prize? Um, bragging, bragging rights. rights. Yeah, we should. Should we do a prize? Well, the prize. See, that's the thing about well, the what's prize. What's the loser have to do for Eric? Bragging rights is really important. Yeah, for I'm, me, it's not. I have an ego. I don't think I've mentioned that I won it. You before. could give the winner <laughs> a fast pass. There you go. That's uh, Helen, uh, Helen yeah. Rice Fat. Oh, I got it. If I got blankets and swag that's not even released yet. Oh, yeah. And then we could do a post and show it off. Yeah. And, and then collaboration. The, the other guy has to eat the Helen Plus again. Ooh, okay. That's that fair. That is a good one. That is a fair. Yeah, that is a good I'm down. And live stream it on Twitch. Yep. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we will, while you play we will make a well, Twitch account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back, he's just in the background. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back next week for the competition with uh, who do we got on joining us for our judges? Uh, we've got Kate Green, Max Block, and Royce Burke coming in to judge our tenders and tell them that I've won. Great. I mean, they all know you, so if that's well, what I'm blind, going. Though. If you it's win, blind. It's blind. I, n- I it's know blind. it's blind, but if you win, still I'm gonna be like, well, they they know Michael, so it's fine. That's sure, why sure, sure, sure. I'm just I'm just Always preparing my excuse yeah, yeah, now. Definitely. Um, I knew there was gonna be one. Yeah. So, so that's fine. Do you guys have? Are, can you say your recipes at all? Or like like what are you going for? What angle is your? Um, well, we've broken up in the in the history of the show that there's like really two types of tenders. There's like the breaded breadcrumb tender, mm-hmm. and then there's like the southern fried tender. Mm-hmm. And would you lo- say that's southern fried? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think I'm going southern fried. I think you had said that you were going. Yeah, I'm gonna, southern I, fried. I usually am a breadcrumb guy, but like mm-hmm. having spent like the last year, especially like trying these quality tenders, it's like flowers is the way to go or a nice dredge. I think breadcrumb like the best way to describe it. We always describe it as like roller rink tenders, maybe a little lower quality, more frozen style. Mm-hmm. But there's places that make like uh House of Pies. House of Pies, Barney's Beanery. Yeah. They do like really good breaded tenders. No flour, yeah. breadcrumbs. So we'll do flour and uh, maybe a little spice. I don't Are know. you going to brine or marinate or do I'm not saying. I, I, I'm doing he something. He did last time. And I, I, I'm like, I feel like I have to at least do like something this time. Yeah. I need to figure it out. Yeah. I, d- I'm, I might do like a buttermilk dredge. Like uh, He got beat. Something's got to change. I need, yeah, I need to up, up my <laughs> I need to up my game. Yeah, you can't just like box in, box out. Exactly. That's, what we've, that's, that's, that's why we spent these last three weeks of getting real hard, good quality research done with, yeah. with all the chefs we've had on. Um, so Do you guys have it where something. you're making the same chicken, or you get to buy the chicken yourselves? Foster Farms we'll tenders. Use, we'll use the same chicken. Oh, yeah. actually, oh, okay. we can. It doesn't have to be. We always use Foster Farms tenders, but we can use whatever we want. Yeah, I guess it we has to be the we same. Well, I think we should make it the be same on the chicken. same playing okay. field. Yeah, yeah that's for fine. the yeah. yeah. Just flavor and all that. Because like, what yeah. if I spend a hundred dollars and get great chicken? You won't. I won't. But like, I could. You know, or what if you? You know, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see who wins. It's going to be exciting. It's been a good build up. I'm glad we did it this way. I argued. I was going to do a midway battle and then an end battle, but you were right. This is the Too many way battles. to do it. Yeah. yeah. Too many battles. All right. Johnny, again, thank you so much for being on. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Tender friend.